Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at Thomas Endurance Coaching. And on this episode, we have Joe Hamilton. Uh, Joe is one of our coaches on the TEC coaching team. Uh, He is also um, a certified personal trainer um, and has a a long history as an athlete um, in endurance sports, specifically in mountain bike racing. And uh, he brings uh, a really great perspective to to our conversation and I think is going to be someone who a lot of athletes uh, and a lot of people that, uh, that listen to the podcast can identify with. Um, he comes from, uh, from an athletic background. Uh, he started working uh, as one of our coaches on the TEC coaching team um, uh, a little over two years ago. And so he's made a transition um, to looking through things or looking at things through, through a different lens. And so he, he has, uh, he has a, an athletic background. He's, he's still a competitive athlete. But now he works to help athletes um, uh, reach their their full potential, and so I was really excited to, to have Joe on the show uh, because I think he uh, one he's got a really great perspective on kind of the athlete and the coach side of things. Uh, he also brings a wealth of knowledge uh, and experience to the table, and um, we had a great conversation uh, covering um, everything from how his perspective has changed from. Uh, what he felt like was really important when he was uh, solely focused on um, his individual athletic pursuits um, to what he feels like is most important now uh, as he shifted focus to primarily um, working with athletes and, and helping them uh, achieve their potential. Um, talks about how taking a long-term view uh, is is so critical for athletes and, and how as athletes, we get caught up in, in how we can kind of get the, uh, the biggest bang for our buck in the short, shortest amount of time. And if we take a more holistic approach to training, um, to rest, to recovery, to our, our goals uh, season after season, that's really going to set us up for success. And that the ultimate goal is that we, we uh, are not successful for just one season as athletes, but we, we, we put the pieces in place that allow us to be successful um, for, for a long time so that we can be lifetime athletes and that we can identify as athletes, uh, not just for the near term, but for the long term. Um, and we dive in a little bit to uh, some of the, the practices that can help us achieve that long-term success. Uh, we touch on proactive versus reactive, which we've talked a lot about in the podcast uh, before. Uh, we also spend a lot of time talking about that with our coaching team. So, so Joe is uh, uniquely positioned to weigh in on that. Uh, he brings some great insight there as well. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways for, for folks, no matter where you're coming from. Um, if you're coming in from, from the athlete side, from the coach side, um, and um there's, uh, again, a lot of insight here, and I think Joe's uniquely positioned to, to talk and to speak to uh, a lot of these things that we, uh, we attempt to, uh, to dive into on the podcast. So, as always, thomasendurancecoaching.com. For anything uh, related to what we're talking about uh, on Endurance Minded, and uh, you can also 
uh, go to the website to look at uh, to get more information on Joe to talk to uh, to schedule time to talk to Joe uh, about the services that he provides his expertise um, to schedule free uh, initial consultation with Joe if you're interested in uh, in seeing how how Joe uh, can provide uh, and apply his skills and insight to to what you're trying to accomplish um, so thanks as always for tuning in and please enjoy my conversation with Joe Hamilton on this episode of Endurance Minded. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. Uh, on today's show, we have Joe Hamilton. How's it going, Joe? Hey, how's it going, Taylor? Good, man. How's, uh, how's life treating you? Oh, it's doing well, for the, except for the fact that it's going to be 100 degrees this weekend here, here in Helena. So. <laughs> yeah, you're... Uh, yeah, tell uh, tell everybody. Let's uh, do a little do a little intro and tell everybody who you are and uh, and where you're at and um, kick things off that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, let's see a little background about me. I've been an endurance sport. Oh gosh, since the '90s. Uh, started competitively in 2005. Uh, worked my way up through the categories and then got to a point where I wasn't keeping up with the the uh the stallions anymore and so i ended up moving to more of the marathon racing where i kind of enjoyed that more so i've been doing that for a while uh i'm a personal trainer on the side um and i'm also a coach with thomas endurance coaching and uh i also uh work as a business consultant uh for our our local uh insurance company blue cross blue shield here in in montana yes you're wearing uh does that cover What's that? that? Does that yeah, cover man, that? No, yeah, that tells that you're wearing a, you're wearing a lot of hats, uh, which is good. I think you know most most folks um, who most athletes, and I think most folks who listen to the podcast are probably you know can can are probably in a very similar position to to you, right? Where you you know they have uh, a background in endurance sports, they. Um, they, you know, are training to, to kind of maximize their potential. Also, you know, course balancing, uh, a job, you know, you're in a, in a, um, you're more in, in uh, ingrained in it than most folks since you're, uh, you're, you're one of the coaches on our, uh, on our TC coaching team. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that bring, you know, you, you bring, uh, that experience, uh, you know, I think is something that a lot of folks can relate to, right. It doesn't matter what you do for, for work or, or, or what discipline you focus in, um, or focus on, I think you're always trying to balance everything and, and, uh, and then, you know, maximize your, your potential. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it brings up a good point too. I think one of the things that, that, um, that you have a really great perspective on or potentially can, can weigh in on is, you know, you're coming at it from, uh, you've been an athlete for a long time, um, like you said, since the nineties got competitive in the early two thousands. So, you know, now that's 15, 20 years. Um, exactly. that's, that's, that's been, <laughs> yeah, does that make you me. feel old? <laughs> yeah, don't remind me, please. yeah, I know. I, anytime I reflect on like my experiences as an, as an athlete, I, I, it makes me, I have to like shut it down. I realize like how, how old I'm starting to feel. Um, yeah. and I, that I've, I've been doing this my entire life. Um, but, uh, but no, yeah. So, you know, as an athlete, longtime athlete, and then just in the past several years, um, transitioned to coaching and kind of looking at, 
endurance sports through the lens of a coach helping athletes. You came on with the TC team. Um, was it two years ago, maybe three years ago at this point? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I'm just, I think that that's a really, uh, can be a really impactful transition, right? When you have this kind of experience uh, as an athlete through, and you look at endurance sports solely through that lens of kind of, you know, your, your training, uh, your personal um, growth, and then you transition to really spending, you know, truthfully, probably the majority of your time looking at it through the lens of a coach, right? And how you can help other people um, maximize their potential and balance all these things that we talked about, you know, work and, you know, your personal goals and family and all these things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, how how is your attitude on kind of, you know, maybe at a macro level, like what matters most? how has that changed from when, you know, what did you think was, was the most important thing when you were an athlete or, or when you only had to focus on yourself as an athlete and then maybe has that changed? And what do you think about now as you know, kind of with your coach hat on? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for the most part as a, an athlete, I was so focused uh, on performance and, and driven on, um, you know, getting the routine done. Uh, and I think as, as I've learned, coaching with other athletes, I've learned that we're all in the same game, you know, in terms of training, so much time to train, how we structure our training, you know, why do we train? Um, and most of us are burning the candle at both ends, you know, so it's really trying to balance, um, you know, the training that you're doing and, and understanding why you're, you're training. Um, for me, working with athletes, what's been really eye-opening for me is that athletes are just—I mean—they have—they've had the same problems that I've that I've had or I've experienced, and it's—it's um, it's almost like uh, it's almost like uh, an out-of-body experience. I guess I could relate it to. It's like you know when you hear about those out of out-of-body experiences where you're kind of looking above and looking down, um, kind of in a mirror in a, in, in a way. But at the same time, you're, you're understanding that the challenges are no different than anybody else's challenges. It's just trying to work through those on an individual basis. And it's just trying to be a, uh, you know, uh, as a coach, it's just being not, not just a cheerleader, but, you know, uh, being that support person that can give you an outside objective view. Um, and, not, and, and I think for the most part, I think a lot of athletes are a lot harder on themselves than they need to be. And so um, from a coach's perspective and just learning about coaching, it's been really interesting to find that you don't have to be hard. You're your own worst critic. I think that really holds true. Um, and uh, having that third opinion or objective view, and, and it's just so invaluable. And it's not only that I'm an objective view, the athletes that I work with also provide me, you know, give me a, a view of things too, just through our conversation, you know. Uh, how they respond to issues that come up on the course. You know, how do they respond to those flat tires that happen right before the finish line? Um, how do they respond to a, a hectic, busy schedule where, you know, you're expecting your second child, you know, those kinds of things. So uh, I think most of all, it's just kind of giving, like I said, an uh, out-of-body experience, I guess I'd call it, as an athlete. Yeah, that's a good I, – I think that's a great, you know uh, – that's a great point. And I, I think folks that, you know, especially folks like, you know, me and you who've, who uh, have worked with, uh, worked with athletes, I think you brought, you know, I think what you said about, um, 
kind of, you know, being our own worst enemy as, as athletes or, or, or our biggest critic, uh, and putting, you know, I think undue pressure on ourselves to accelerate fitness at a rate that's, you know, maybe not smart or, or sustainable. Um, do you feel like when you were an athlete, um, do you feel like, um, cause I think I'll, I'll, I think one of the biggest things that I, you know, as coaches that we realize is that all that matters, um, first and foremost, all that matters is consistency. Um, but kind of in that same vein, all that matters is finding a balance um, and a level of consistency that works for an athlete um, mentally, physically, emotionally um, at, at any given time, right? So that can, that can be very, very moldable and, and that can change any given week based on, you know, stress and workload and, and other responsibilities and, and, you know, all of these factors. Um, did you find that, you know, when, when you were just focused on yourself as an athlete, did you have a, did you have a hard time kind of seeing that, you know, did you, did you kind of go at things like a lot of athletes do, or it's just like, you know, progress at all costs and you just push, push, push. And, you know, and, and then, you know, has that changed at all now that you kind of look at things through more of a coaching lens? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think it has for sure. I think just, you know, working with the athletes that I work with, you know, it, it, for me, it was that it's just drive, 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 um, stay on structure. I'm very structured, uh, in, in the way I approach things. So, um, it, it, what coaching has done for me is it, it's allowed me to, uh, realize that the flexibility that's needed in the process, you know, as we're going through the training. And the other thing that's helped me like a, a lot is helping athletes look at this process of training as, as a long-term view, not just something that's for this season or for this event. Um, you know, uh, my, my goals as a, as a coach and an athlete have changed over the years where it's now, it's not just, you know, going to the races and, and trying to do well. It's more like a long-term goal. Like I work with athletes that are in their older years and, um, you know, and they're still riding their bikes and they're riding them well. And to me, that's like one of the best successes you could have is you can say you're 72 years old and you're riding a, a mountain bike in, in a cross country race. I mean, to me, that's, that's impressive. And so I think, you know, helping athletes understand what, what the long-term objective is, what it is to identify as an athlete um, and, you know, how to balance that when you're burning both candles at the end uh, through your life and making it part of your lifestyle, part of behavioral changes rather than just, looking at the race calendar, race season, and aiming for the races. Not that that's not important, but that's just a piece, a piece of the puzzle. So. Yeah, no, man, you know that I think I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and I, we, we talk about this a lot, you know, with our, uh, with our coaching team, but, um, that idea that, you know, I think, I think to, to really get the most out of, out of ourselves, uh, and to really kind of, capitalize um on the 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 good things that that you know training and and uh and endurance sports can bring to our lives i think we have to try to do it in a way that we have to look towards the long term right i always say like it doesn't do anybody any good to to be boom and bust right mm -hmm. it doesn't do anyone any good to 
to get really, really hyper-focused for 16 weeks in the build-up to an event and then be so burnt out and tired and overtrained and physically and mentally exhausted that you don't want to look at your bike or your running shoes or, or whatever, you know, again, right. Or, or that you take a, it causes you to take a huge break and then, you know, you claw your way back to fitness and it's this constant, like, again, boom and bust. So I think you nailed it like that sustainable kind of long-term approach and like thinking about things through the lens of, okay, yeah, like let's, what can I do this year? But also, you know, how can I set the tone for, for the next five years, right? Or the next two, like, how can I make this a part of my, my life? And we've, I, I've talked a lot about uh, on, on this podcast about like athletic identity, right. And what that really means. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's a big part of it is that, that making, like you said, making it just kind of like part of your life, right. That, that being active, pushing towards realizing your full potential in whatever capacity that looks like at any given time. Um, that's just part of your identity, you know, and it's not, it's not based on one particular, you know, workout or one particular week of workouts or even a month of workouts or whatever. Um, I, I like, how do you, how do you work to develop those types of skills? Like how, as a coach, um, you know, how do you work with athletes too? Cause that's, that's a, that doesn't really have anything to do with, with training, right? Like when we think about endurance sports, we think about executing workouts, right? We think about the physicality of, of that thing. Um, and then, you know, we got to show up and we got to do workouts and we've got to be more aerobically fit and muscular fit. And, and those are all very important things, but like, how do you work uh, as a coach to help athletes navigate those that idea of like long-term success, you know, and then positioning that in, in, um, in with the, the physical part. Yeah, that's another great question. I think, um, you know, for me, particularly during this time of year, um, I think every athlete has come, every, well, every athlete that I've worked at has come to a point where, you know, we, we know there's, there's a lot of races or events that have been canceled this year that have been planned, you know, pr- last year. Um, and even myself, I've had a, a few events canceled and I actually kind of got the feel of what it's like to be an athlete. And I basically kind of said, threw up my hands. I said, okay, screw it. I'm pissed off now. I, we don't have any events. I don't want to train. Um, but then as I got thinking about it, um, you know, do I really, the question comes down as an athlete, do I really want to start right from the beginning where I was at, or do I want to maintain some level of fitness so that next year it's not as painful as a process that it could be, you know, in terms of training. So, Mm uh, I I think, you know, with working with athletes, it's just helping them realize that, you know, there's going to be good years. There's going to be bad years. There's going to be good weeks. There's going to be bad weeks. And there's even good days and bad days. And um, as a coach, I think uh, helping the athlete just keep that long-term perspective in mind um, that, that, you know, that working around that and strategizing around um, those nulls, um, you know, are those waves that we we experience in life. Um, how do we, how do we train around those things? And how do we set our priorities? Um, you know, a, a lot of athletes I work with, they have 10 races for the year and they're all a priority races. I mean, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to swallow. Um, and so, you know, you can try 10 races and do a 10, a races. I think we all tried that at one point in our, in our 
athletic <laughs> journey, you know, and, and we've all found out really quick that that doesn't work very well. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just sharing experiences with athletes that I've had, uh, sharing experiences with athletes that I've seen with other athletes or sharing experiences that I've seen with just friends in general. Um, the cycling, cycling in, in general and the endurance sport is so much bigger than just going to events, executing events, doing it over and over and over again. It's really about, um, you know, putting it into your lifestyle, making major behavior changes, and then also really um, playing to your strengths and, and trying to uh, improve what your weaknesses are, you know, or minimize the weaknesses that you have. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it's just for me, uh, working with, with the athletes that I work with, you know, it's, it's such a long-term, it's so unfair to yourself and, um, to say that, you know, I'm done with this, I'm frustrated. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's different when you're, you're integrating your endurance sport every year in your life as part of your lifestyle. And, and, um, it's, it's almost, it's also a challenge letting your, you know, your family and friends and the people that you work with know that this is your part of your lifestyle. It's an important piece. Um, and so with some of, to answer your question, Taylor, some of the things that I'm thinking about as far as athletes go is, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of times it's just been like, you know, let's ride every single day and do something every single day. Well, you know, one of the things that I've been arguing with myself and with our, our athletes is, well, how about we don't, we don't do endurance every day. How about we incorporate strength training? And the reason we incorporate strength training is for mobility and to decrease injury in the future, right? You know, you're 45 now, I'm 45 now, you're going to be 70. We're going to be taught. Hopefully you're going to be having some type of conversation with somebody. If it's not me that, um, you know, you've done the strength and the core and the mobility work that you're st still able to successfully have fun riding that group ride, you know, for three or four hours, um, you know, or you're, or you're um, interested in, I have one athlete that is looking at uh, participating in, um, you know, the senior Olympics. That's a big goal. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool. Um, so just thinking about that, we're all going to get to that point. So how do you, how do you immobilize training? or mobilize training, I should say, to get the biggest benefit for what you want long-term, I think is just critical. And races, like I said before, are just a component or a piece of that puzzle. There's so many other pieces. And I think as a coach and an athlete, having those conversations, you start to recognize all those different pieces and how do you fit them together to make it work for, for you as an individual, as, a, as an athlete. Um, and everybody in my, in my idea is an athlete, anybody that's doing any form of training that keeps a regimented routine schedule that, um, you know, cares about their nutrition, cares about their diet, you know, watches what they're doing. To me, that's an athlete. I mean, um, you know, that's, that's not just a personal training client or whatever. I have some personal training clients that are like, why do you call me athlete? I go, because you are an athlete. You know, that is what you are. So, yeah. 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 I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. I mean that again, I mean, that's a little bit of that kind of athletic identity piece. Right. And I, that, that term gets reserved for people, um, that, uh, it, it tends to get reserved for a fairly limited audience, even though I agree that I think that there's like much broader, uh, reaching, you know, um, opportunities, uh, for, for people to identify as athletes. 
you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to, uh, run, you know, super far or run fast or, you know, or do anything fast or far or, or whatever. Um, I agree. I think that just the act of committing to, um, to, you know, pursuing, uh, your potential, you know, in whatever kind of physical format that, that looks, you know, works for, for, for the individual, um, I think that that, that person is athletic, you know, and I think that's also something that gets misconstrued a little bit. And I talk about this a lot, especially with athletes I, I work personally with is this, this idea of being athletic versus, versus being a, and I always say like, you know, insert your discipline here, right. Being a runner, being a cyclist, being a mountain biker, mm-hmm. like I'm not back to that longevity piece. Like i I, I'm more concerned about building an athlete and not necessarily, you know, and we do that kind of, we build discipline specific strengths on our way to being athletic, right? Like I want the athletes that I work with to be just that athlete, right? If you, if you can't ride your bike one day and you, you know, want, or you're traveling for work and you want to go on a run, like, and you're a cyclist, like you shouldn't be so unathletic that it just destroys you to go on a run. Right. Or if you have a chance to go to the gym, like you should be able to move comfortably in your body in the gym and not just on the bike. Right. Right. Um, the few exceptions to that, of course, would be at the very, very highest levels of any sport where that, that level of specificity is critical. But for most of us, that athleticism, I think is really, um, is really important. Um, and yeah, I think that, yeah, you brought up a good point that the athletic identity piece, and then, you know, to that end, I think it's also, I always say that the, like the act of committing to kind of self-development as a, you know, through the lens of, of being an athlete or specific to, um, to what we do for a living and our primary audience. So through the lens of endurance sports, um, I always have made the argument that, and I, and I really believe this is that I think just the act of doing that helps you uh, be better in the rest of your life. Right. I think that sets the tone for how you execute uh, in the workplace, how you execute in your relationship, how you, you know, and so, you know, you, you brought that up just like that kind of um trying to, you know, stick to a plan or, or to work to see progression. And that, that commitment, I think bleeds over into the rest of your life. Right. I think it would be impossible not to, but you know, you see it like where, you know, high performers, uh, in, in terms of athletics tend to also be high performers elsewhere. Right. And that's no coincidence. Um, you know, it helps to kind of inform and set the pace for, um, how we execute in the, the rest of our lives. So I, I always, I just, you know, I say like the, the, the point there is that it's, I think that there's value in in looking to kind of pursue that with or without, you know, some sort of outcome based goal, uh, like a race, because I think it helps make us better, better people. Um, so, um, so, but, so like with the kind of training piece, um, cause we, we kind of, we're talking about like training plans and following that training plan and, and executing on that. And, and that's all well and good. Um, 
but so let's let's assume that an athlete has has the right training approach, right? So it's individualized, it's periodized, it's, it's the training loads appropriate. All those things are in place. So let's assume that that's happening. Um, outside of that, what do you think the biggest thing um, an athlete can do? Um, what do you think is the biggest thing an athlete can do to achieve their long-term goals? Um, again, kind of outside of the appropriate training stress and response. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah, I, I know you ask a lot of good questions, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know me, I, I, uh, I really like to talk, you know, so this, yeah, uh, you just keep things rolling, man. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, this, this podcast is really just self-serving. It gives me another platform to talk. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think like athletes that have had the right training approach, um, you know, I think the biggest thing outside of that to achieve those those long term goals is just to remain flexible and be flexible, um, be flexible with yourself and understand there's different seasons in in the year, and during those different seasons, there's different goals that should be a, should be set and established and then, you know, should be, or, or should be achieved. Um, so I think, uh, recognizing that, you know, you might have 110% the right training approach, but also I always like to go back to what I know you and I have talked about in the past, what we can control, we can control other things we can't control. So like, like you've said in past podcasts is we, we can, we can really take a look at our process. Um, we can make sure that we take all the steps to become a better rider. Um, and hopefully, um, with a, with the help of a coach or with the help of somebody, or even if you're self-coached that you have some way to monitor and measure performance. And so that you can, um, make changes to that process when you need to. Uh, but also, so that you can see if you're, you're hitting your goals and, and they could be anything from mini goals to large goals, whatever it may be. It may be, you know, going from 170 pounds to 165 pounds this year, you know, that's a performance goal in, in a way. So what processes are we going to put in place to make sure that we get that? And then, you know, being comfortable with the fact that when you get up on that starting line um, or you start that training session, um, you have what's in control, but a lot of things you are, you have out of your control. Um, prime example, you know, <laughs> I've been kind of playing around with Strava a little bit more than I have in the past. Um, and I've been doing some time segments on my own on a favorite course that I have here in my local, in my local trails. And, um, I swear yesterday or a couple days ago, I know I was going in for my best PR and I was really excited about it, feeling at 110% of my game. And, uh, I hit a rock patch and I heard my tire blow right before the end of the, the segment. And I was like, mm. man, I was so pissed off. I got off my bike. It was a tubeless tire. had to go through all that process, um, you know, and then put the tube in. And then I was like, okay, I got through that. I'm going to just ride back to my truck now, you know, and, and everything's going to be happy Dory. I, I forget about the time that that was, I forget about this, that this was the fact that this was probably going to be my PR just because I know I felt it. Five minutes into the ride, I get another flat with my inner tube in the tire, you know, and it's just one of those things that didn't make me think, wow, this goes right back to the process performance outcome. 
processes. I've been training on this course. I've been doing my VO2 max, been doing my anaerobic intervals. Um, you know, I've been riding this course on a regular basis. Um, I felt like my performance was good and this outcome was out of my control. Um, and it just kind of reminded me or set uh, just a tiny example of how much stuff is out of our control when we're out on that race course or when we're out, you know, even just training. Um, but there is a lot of things that we can still keep within our control. And so I think it's just really understanding those things, you know, understanding what is, what is, and what is not, and being comfortable with that, being flexible with that. Um, and I think the main thing is keeping at it, you know, just not giving up. And the, the fact that, you know, being consistent and not giving up is, is, is probably 90% of the equation, um, and uh, if you can keep those two things going, I think for the long term, you'll, you're going to be a successful athlete um, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, you nailed it, you know, and that really, I mean, that flexibility piece, uh, I think is, it's huge. And it's, you know, that it, it ties into a lot of uh, uh, what we've talked about as a team with, with TC and, uh, and then, you know, ultimately what's, some of which has been reflected in, in the podcast and, you know, things we have on TC blog and elsewhere, which is, you know, managed expectations, right? So, I mean, a lot of what we see happen, I think with athletes and, and even your example, like, which seems, um, you know, that we've all had a flat tire, right? But, you know, that can easily, I mean, things like that, if your expectation is that you're going to PR that day, and that happens, that can easily spiral into something much larger than just a flat tire. Right. I mean, we right. see it happen all the time. Um, so yeah, it's about those expectations and it's about ultimately that, like you said, you know, we, we can only control our input, uh, and our response. Right. So we can't control all of the other things that, that swirl around that. Right. So like your flat tire or, um, on a, you know, race day or a group ride or, you know, I mean, any of the variables that can kind of disrupt us or get in our way, we can't control those things, right? We can, now we can control how we respond to those things. And that's the big piece. Um, do you, do you find yourself, you know, and I, I'm going to keep using this, I guess, like athlete coach kind of juxtaposition. Cause I just think you're, you're in a, you know, a good position to talk about that. Um, but do you feel like you've like, do you find yourself as a coach talk, like talking, do you spend more time, uh, as a coach talking about that than you did thinking about those things when you were just an athlete, you know, cause I feel like it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, like forest through the trees, right? I think when you're an athlete, a lot of times until someone brings that to your attention, we've all been there where we've just gotten derailed as an athlete because our, we didn't manage our expectations. We didn't manage our response. Um, so do you feel like as a coach now you're, you're in a position and kind of, and, and to, to talk about or to help athletes, like try to get ahead of that, hopefully, you know, and, and try to develop the tools where they, they, you know, it, when it happens, not if, but when they can kind of roll with it and, and, infuse that flexibility mindset into their approach yeah yeah and i think that goes back to exactly what you were talking about uh the long term and that gives me as a coach an opportunity to um 
you know, focus in and give perspective on, uh, you know, give perspective on what the immediate response is or what, 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 how are, how is this being perceived? Um, if you're a perfectionist type A personality, like a lot of athletes are, um, you know, you can spend three months thinking about the fact that you blew that tire out before the finish line. Uh, you know, or you can, or for example, you made a mistake on a downhill and you lost your track and, and people had passed you or whatever it may be. Um, but I think at the same time as a coach, what I have found is, uh, and as an athlete, as you, as an athlete, you kind of just hone in on that specific issue and it just bugs you for a long time. But as a coach, you can say, yeah, that's one piece that happened. That's one thing that happened, but let's take a look at this from an entire, an entire whole holistic view and how can we, how can we make the correction so that it doesn't happen again? Maybe it will happen again, but what can we do to make sure that things like that don't happen? And, and how do we respond to them when they do, when you're out on the trail and you're swearing every word you possibly can, because you're fixing your tire while everyone's passing. <laughs> you know? um, how do you, how do you keep your head in the game? How do you keep focus? How do you keep control of your emotion? How do you keep control of your anger where you feel like you want to throw your bike across the woods, you know? Um, so I think, you know, from, from a coach's perspective, I think I, for me as a coach, I think it, for the long term, it allows me to help people gain long-term perspective onto those small issues, letting them know that, Hey, things happen. You're not the only one that this happens to. Um, you're not the only guy that has the worst luck in the world, you know? Um, but this is just one area that it's going to help you to build yourself from a character perspective. Uh, it's going to help you build yourself from a resilience perspective. You know, it's going to help you, um, it's going to help you, uh, attitude adjust, which can be hard, uh, especially when you're self-reflecting in yourself, you're doing it on your own. Um, so as a coach, I look at that as just another great opportunity to show, you know, how can we think about our thinking for long-term, for the long-term? How do we change our way of thinking for the long-term? How do we change our way of thinking about this whole training athlete? I mean, riding, doing endurance sports is hard and people pay for this, you know? I mean, they're paying to do something that most, a lot of people won't do uh, what the, when they're not paying for it, you know? So, uh, and when I say paying for it, I'm talking about, you know, it might be money or it will be money if it's any kind of cycling related stuff. Um, and time, you know, so like you're putting money and time, you're investing it into this, you expect a result out of it. You may not get the result that you want. So how do you pivot? How do you change? What do we need to do to improve? You know, what are we seeing that's stopping that, that from happening? I think it's just like anything else, you know, you invest money into something and you're not getting the returns, the results. The first question you're going to ask is, well, why, why am I not getting the results and how do I get those results? And as a coach, I think getting to that why and that how piece is really where it helps us build opportunity for that long-term vision of being an athlete. Um, you know, and, 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 and keeping it, keeping it in, I mean, my goal as a, as a coach always is to keep some things in the back of the mind because I've had coaches before as well. And there's been things that have, I've been told by coaches that stick with me, you know, even long after the coaching relationship ends, but it, they've stuck with me for a long time. And so, um, I'll be going down the road and something may happen. And then that little tidbit, the coach had told me years ago comes back up and I'm like, Oh man, yeah, that was so true. I can't believe that guy was right. You know? So 
just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's great. I mean, you, you, I think one of the things, um, yeah, thinking, thinking about our thinking, right. I think is a great, um, a great, uh, a, a great thing to keep in mind. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I love the, just the idea of, yeah, thinking about things long-term and yeah, that infusing that kind of flexibility and that mindset. Um, and, um, yeah, so I want to, another thing that I think kind of ties into this is a little bit of, um, you know, and again, this is something that we've, we've talked a, a lot about, you know, me and you and, and with our coaching, but there's this idea of being, uh, proactive versus reactive. And I think it ties into some of this like process performance outcome stuff that we're talking about. And, um, again, through the kind of like athlete coach lens, um, I, I'm curious, like, has your, has your opinion changed from on, uh, on these two kind of, you know, ideas, which is, um, of course the, the proactive is, is when we have the ability to kind of infuse that flexibility and take a step back and think about what works for our training. And then the reactive a lot of times is when we're really caught up in, in these high pressure moments, be it a, a, you know, a heavy race calendar, like you said, where you have, you know, 10 a races a season uh, and we're jumping from one thing to the next and it feels hectic. And we're, we're maybe not, you know, executing at the level that we, you know, want to, or maybe even should be able to. Um, And yeah, yeah, I'm just curious, you know, how or if your opinions changed on those two things or those approaches and kind of how they weave themselves into, into a long-term sustainable training approach from when you were just focused on yourself as an athlete to now when you are balancing, you know, are kind of wearing both hats, both the athlete and the coach hat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think for, for the proactive and the reactive piece, um, you know, for the proactive piece, I think um, how I've changed from an athlete and, and as to a coach is, um, you know, like I said kind of earlier, was really kind of deciding what your seasons are and then determining, you know, um, can you hear my dogs? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You know, it's, it's part of recording podcasts remotely. That's just uh, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I hear yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're getting some notifications on your computer and your dogs are <laughs> part of Yeah, my corgi, we have corgis that live next door and they get my dogs just crazy. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? If I had corgis next door to me, I'd probably be going crazy too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. have, give me just a second here. Um, but like I was saying, back to you know the proactive part from an athlete perspective, I think it's really important to understand that there's different seasons, there's different times during the year, and that there's different focuses during the year. And that cycling, I used to think as an athlete, you know, you had your your base build, peak race, season done, base build, peak race, season done. You know, mm-hmm. and I think um, as a as a coach, it's now thinking about okay what am I going to do in November? What am I going to do in December and January? Um, you know, am I going to just go out and skate ski like crazy and wipe myself out? So by the time March rolls around, I got nothing left or am I going to, um, fit, fit my skate cross country skiing into my weightlifting training program and coincide and make sure I balance that with my cycling program. 
so that when I come into March, I'm feeling good, you know? So I think just working with athletes from year to year and then being an athlete year to year, I've been more proactive and more cognizant of what I'm doing throughout the entire year. And then what's really nice from a coach perspective is you can validate that, you know, you can validate that stuff that, Hey, I'm seeing patterns between athletes. I'm seeing patterns between folks that spend a lot of time doing one particular sport in the wintertime and they do it to the 110% most that it affects their cycling come the springtime. So I think the, uh, from a coach perspective, it's kind of helping athletes navigate that uh, proactively throughout the entire season rather than just planning for his race being done moving forward, you know, um, and, and, and I think this year in particular has been an eye-opener, a big eye-opener for me um, and a, a big eye-opener for the athletes that I work with is that, um, you know, this summer hasn't been a – we haven't had to work through that high-pressure race season like we've had in the past with events and training and traveling and getting prepared and making sure your nutrition's dialed in and all that. Now – this year has really kind of allowed all of us to sit back and say, okay, um, I don't have the pressure. Uh, what, what should I be doing right now? You know, and what is the best approach? And so we're almost like in a season of summer, which we can still call now a proactive stage. It's not a reactive stage of this summer. We're not reacting to the race season or the race calendar. We're actually now finding ways as athletes to be proactive over the course of the summer, knowing that, you know, if you just stop everything and we go into a next season, it's just going to be harder to gain that base level of fitness that you worked so hard to achieve in the past. And I'm always, I'm always telling cyclists and endurance folks is that, you know, endurance is built year after year after year. It's not built uh, in a season or it's not built in a week. It's, or it's not built in a few months. It's built throughout the years. And so, um, you know, you can track someone's wattage or their FTP, you can track it for 10 years and you can see improvements or you can see increases over the 10 year time span, um, which has taken just years to get to that point. So uh, to me, when I'm working with athletes, I, I, I love to keep them as long as I can. And the reason I like to is because it allows me to go back and look at data one, two, three, four years back, make some really strong comparisons and show them what proactivity is doing in terms of their metrics, you know, what, what proactivity is doing in terms of their attitude, what proactivity is doing in terms of adjusting to their workouts, adjusting their, their workout schedules, adjusting their training schedules. Um, and we're not just reacting. We're being, we're, 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 we have a strategy. It's helping athletes build their strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I love, yeah, the long-term, the, you know, that, that long-term kind of long field view um, is so important because, you know, so often we can get kind of mixed messages as athletes where we, um, you know, you have, you know, you have like, you know, eight week, um, you know, uh, FTP builder plans or, you know, it's these like, you know, uh, the best workouts for time crunched at, you know, athletes and the idea that, you know, that, that there's kind of short term gains. And I think it, and of course we can see, you know, adaptation physiologically in in relatively short periods of time with a, appropriate training load. But, but again, it's back to that mindset that like, okay, yeah. How do we take that 
that type of goal, some sort of near-term goal and layer it into, uh, to, um, like you said, like a holistic approach to, um, to being proactive and, you know, season after season. Um, and I think that's one of the greatest kind of gifts that we can have as athletes or, or gifts that as coaches we can give athletes is, uh, is, is working together long enough or having enough information to be able to reflect on progress, um, from seasons past. Right. I, you know, I, I was, I was talking to an athlete not too long ago about how, um, you know, just, uh, it's an athlete I've worked with for several years. And, you know, as you build up your, you know, your baseline workout becomes what used to be your like biggest challenge. Right. So if you're, if, you know, if you're a runner, um, you know, six miles, you know, a 10 K might, might've been your goal. Well, now it's your maintenance run during the week, right? If you're a cyclist, you know, or, you know, like a mountain biker, maybe it was, you know, 25 miles off road used to be your biggest, you know, benchmark. And now you knock that out and you don't even think about it. Uh, you know, and so that just like real world comparison and then, and then more importantly, using that to inform your perspective and your expectations, right? Like, we also, as athletes, we get in the weeds a lot where, where you can't see the forest through the trees or you don't have the ability to, um, or not even the ability, but maybe like the clarity to reflect and see those gains, right? Exactly. Because we're, we, we're, we're always striving, right? Where you're like, okay, like, you know, this week's got to be better than last week. And if I do a group ride, well, I got to do better this week than I did last week. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. Um, or I'm not getting fit or I'm not, you know, whatever it is. Um, and of course that's simply just not the case, right? I mean, the body's very dynamic. The mind is very dynamic. Um, and we need to take that, that long-term play. Um, so, um, last, last thing maybe to, uh, just to get your thoughts on is, um, you know, what do you think, um, um, you know, so your opinion, it sounds like, you know, from an athlete to a coach or again, wearing those two hats, you've, you've had kind of visibility into both sides. Right. And like maybe that totally reactive, um, mindset, uh, isn't super productive. Right. And that we need to blend both those things. So what do you think is, you know, with your coach hat on, what's one of the, or some of the things, or maybe like the best thing that you feel like athletes can do to try to shift, shift that mindset to, to try to be more, um, to try to get out of that negative feedback loop, right? Like I was just highlighting like that every week has to be better than the last. And that, you know, if, if, if one ride doesn't go as planned, then that means you're losing fitness or, you know, one run or swim or whatever. Um, as a coach, what do you feel like is kind of, you know, if you could give your athlete one tool to cope with that, you know, or to get around that, that negative feedback loop, what, what do you, what would you say that is? Yeah. The, that, the thing that I would say is that, um, you know, there's, there's no silver bullet. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, yes. I've always thought I've always been chasing the silver bullet. I think a lot of athletes do that as well. They try to chase that silver bullet. And I'm just starting to realize working with folks, there's no silver bullet. 
we have an infinite resource of time and money to don't to dedicate to our sport or to the thing that we love. Um, and then the third thing is, is there's genetic potential and genetics, genetics play into this as well. And I, I'm not like a doctor and go into genetics, but I do believe that, you know, I've seen folks, I've seen kids, a lot of kids I've worked with that have come from uh, uh, athletic families and have been really successful in sport. And so I do, I've seen that over the, my career and I believe that to be true. Um, so uh, I think the biggest thing I can sit, take, give to athletes is don't compare yourself to others because it'll drive you absolutely insane. Um, mm-hmm. Compare yourself to yourself, be honest with yourself, be honest with your coach. Um, and then for the, for the biggest thing is, is look at this as long-term because all of us every single day are going to be slowing down, um, you know, as we age or we get older. And so it's being comfortable with that and setting some some goals that are specific to you that you want to do, no, regardless of what anyone, what anyone else thinks of or what Strava challenges are out there or, or what PRs are out there or whatever it may be. Not that those are bad things. It's good that those are just tools that I would say you could use as part of your training to incorporate, but don't make it the emphasis. Um, in, the long, in the long term, in the big picture of things, we cycle most of us, I'd say 99.9%, I'd pretty confident say that we cycle or we ride or we run or we do our endurance sport because it, it we love it. It takes us away from the everyday grind um, and it allows us to kind of feel like we've really accomplished something at the end of the day. And those three things alone are just uh, super important and don't take advantage of them. Um, but yeah, and I, to me, I, with working with coaches and meeting coaches and, and things throughout, some of the some of the guys that I've loved the best are the ones that are the most practical, you know, there's tons of knowledge out there. There's tons of data. Taylor, you and I've talked about this. You can go on online and do and check anything, uh, you know, as far as research goes, but the hard part, the hardest part is applying that and making that a practical application. And that's where the art comes in. And so it's something that isn't learned overnight. It's not something that's even learned in a year. It's, I'd have to say it's learned in a decade or decades uh, and so just understanding that from, from a, a long-standing view is that, you know, you got to build up to this kind of stuff. It just doesn't happen. Um, and if it does happen where, you know, the first year you're just killing everything, then you might have the genetic potential, you know? Um, so, uh, it's been, it's been eye-opening just to hear all the different coaches perspective, all different athlete perspectives internationally, nationally. Uh, that's the best part of my job is just getting everybody's perspective and, and looking for how similar things are and how dissimilar things are. And then also looking at the bottom line that we're all people and we all have the same um, basic goals, you know, and that's to achieve and that's to motivate ourselves, um, you know, or, or help get motivated. Um, and it's, it's at the end, helping feel good at the end of the day that you accomplish something or the end of the month or the end of the season or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, yeah, you nailed it. You know, no, no silver bullet. You know, I think certainly don't not comparing yourself to others. Right. I mean, looking for, for, um, you know, personal potential and, and, and carving out the approach and the mindset and, um, and all of that, that works best for you as an individual. Right. I mean, we, we get, um, everything now, you know, kind of in our society is, uh, is, is projecting, right. So there's social media and there's Strava and there's all these things that, that, that 
that keep us from looking inward uh, and trying to, to do what's best for us. And instead we spend time chasing some sort of, you know, outward projection of, uh, of, of somebody else. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that if there's one takeaway, that's the one I'd probably, you know, that would be my soapbox <laughs> if, uh, if, if we were going to uh, make one for, for this episode, but um, cool. Well, thanks Joe. Appreciate your time. Uh, great insight. Um, no doubt tons and tons of takeaways. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you're in a really, um, you know, a, a great position to, to weigh in on, on a lot of things that, that folks are, um, you know, that, struggle with or, or are working to, to kind of figure out solutions for themselves. So thanks for, uh, thanks for taking time to be on the show and uh, thanks for all your, all your insight. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to be part of the team and, and uh, I just wish everybody a good rest of the summer and enjoy yourselves in this, in this proactive time that we're, we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be, be proactive and, and take advantage. That's the, uh, that's the takeaway. Um, all right, Joe, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.